podcast. I'm your host, Lamar, and I am here with a special friend of mine, um, Kevin from Localhost. We've actually talked about a lot on the show. I'm sure everyone's familiar with it. Um, but I've known Kevin for a while now, at least in the esports industry in Colorado. Um, we've gotten to know each other pretty well with some of the events, um, but I'd like you to kind of let our listeners know, finally, kind of who you are, how you got in the industry, a little bit of background about yourself. Yeah, yeah. First off, thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely a pleasure. I've been looking forward to this as well. But my name's Kevin. 90% of people don't know me as Sticks. The truth is that uh, I would say that that's been a moniker I've followed for a long time. Just like a lot of esports players, esports pros, we all kind of have our tags one way or the next. When it comes to getting into the industry, I kind of had a huge gap in between when I started and when I ended up doing it professionally, I was at one point a Counter-Strike Source semi-pro player. Uh, this was back when I was living with my family in Australia. My family is military. We moved all over the world, England, Australia, five different states in the United States. Um, so we've, we've had a chance to see a lot of it. And while we were down in Australia, I got into gaming pretty heavily, really loved just, you know, the competitive side to it where you know soccer was the athletic side for it for me down there we came back to the states and there was really nothing built out for esports kind of period here in colorado so i went to high school over at reach jesuit high school i mean i'm as much a colorado product as anything else as far as anything else in my lifetime and i started working pretty much right as i went to college uh first job i took a management job um, as a fitting room supervisor with Old Navy, kind of went from there to uh, Red Robin, where I continued to do trainer work, new restaurant opens across the country, um, continued to hone in on my management side, and then um, ended up moving out to the airport. And the airport itself is a crazy place to work at. Anyone who hasn't done it, I highly advise trying it for a week. Um, but I managed a location out there called Pour La France, one of the busiest locations of any restaurant in the entirety of Colorado. And unfortunately, the restaurant industry kind of kind of started to lean on me a little bit. With that in mind, I decided to make a change, ended up getting into sales briefly. Um, was not a great job, but did teach me that I had the ability to sell, if need be and taught me a new style of management as far as being a sales manager. Right about the time COVID was really kind of kicking in heavy, things started taking a turn for the worst over there as well. Nothing bad to say about it. The experience helped me a bunch. But um, I decided to spend some time taking care of my folks as my dad had some pretty major medical stuff going on at the time. The cool part about that, though, is when one door closes, another opens. Right about the time mm -hmm. the shots were rolling out for it, um, local host had an opening. And I applied for it, ended up getting the store manager role there. And as they say, the rest is history. And I've been helping kind of drive things back ever since then. Awesome. Well, for our listeners, I've, I've spoken a little bit about Localhost, kind of given a little bit of a description, but we can hear it from you, the manager of Localhost. What is Localhost for all of our listeners and also the people in Colorado, because I think you guys have a unique and awesome uh, venue. So local host to me is home. 
Um, Localhost really is a place where gamers can come and game. And every community, every gaming community, every anime community, any community that wants it, it's a space that you guys can come into, come hang out, play some games on really nice equipment. Want to throw a tournament? Awesome. Throw me a line. We're more than happy to run stuff. It's not just our stuff that we run. As you know, with 5280, a lot of the stuff has been their ideas as well. We have a great P-plus community. We've got a great Melee community. We've got a great Smash community. And we've got a bunch of others that are just starting to kick off. So really, that's what it is. is it's a community there. It's a place where all of us can come in, hang out, have a great time gaming, maybe play in a tournament. But then we also host the bigger events, too. So when you want to take that competitive edge to that next level and really test yourself out against others in a LAN setting where it's truly indicative of skill versus skill gaming, we're a place you can do that. And there's not many places of this size U.S.-wide. So we've hosted some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's anyone that's in Colorado needs to check this place out because it's I tell people it's kind of like a PC land center back in the early 2000s. You'd go there, pay a little bit. They have you have what over 100 computers, gaming computers that you can go play on. 108 PCs. Yep. And they're all really good quality. You can play pretty much any game on there. You go really good pricing. Um, you go pay a few bucks. You play for however long. Uh, we use it there. That's our main venue. That's where we host most of our tournaments. Um, we have all of our consoles there. The arena um, where the audience watches is super nice it's super spacious and one of the coolest things is they have a stage kind of like you see on all of those um bigger tournaments on tv or switch uh twitch the um the stage is super cool and they have the projector screen that plays all the footage all your broadcast so it's a really nice setup that you guys have there yeah i love it it's a great place to manage we've got our little uh little hiccups here and there but overall i mean at one point, the center was rated as one of the top five esports centers in the United States as a whole just prior to COVID shutdown. And it's still there, still running strong, and we still love our people who come on out. Yeah. Um, oh, Joseph said he loves the couches. Yep, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, They have really good couches to, um, to just chill on, wait for your next match. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so you guys have hosted huge tournaments. Um, I was there for the um, Chassa uh, ter- uh, finals. That was awesome. Uh, there was, um, I think I missed a few. You had a Red Bull there too, a big Red Bull tournament, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The biggest ones that we've hosted out of there is we did host the North American finals for Wild Rift out of our location. That was for all the pro teams, qualifiers headed over to Singapore for the world championships for it. Um, right behind that, we had the Red Bull uh, Campus Clutch event, regional finals, which Red Bull, great partner to the esports scene, got to show some love to those guys overall. That was a lot of fun. We had Boise State, University of New Mexico, University of Wyoming, and CU duking it out inside uh, inside localhost Denver for, uh, for, let's just say, a shot to face some of the big dogs from the East Coast. And then um, right behind that, we've also hosted all of the high school esports championships, both fall and spring, for the last two years um, out of our facility as well. And the atmosphere at those is amazing. Oh, the yeah. crowd <laughs> genuinely gets spine tingling loud. Yeah, I was I was out there for the chess one, and man, I've never I've 
been to smaller tournaments, but man, that energy in that crowd was awesome. Like you were yeah. there and it just, it, you felt the energy from everyone. It was so much fun seeing all the teams cheer. Um, it was, it was just great. <laughs> A unique experience for sure. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, you know, I, uh, I wanted to also let our, our listeners know that, um, you know, Kevin was the one that pretty much gave me a chance. I reached out to him um, about the Madden tournaments. Uh, he gave me an opportunity to host some. So I just wanted to thank you for that. Uh, otherwise, I don't know if we'd be here today. <laughs> and before we got on the show, we were talking about how you're the go-to guy. At least that's what people say. You're the go-to guy for esports in Colorado. What is your assessment on esports communities and in, in the industry in Colorado? Yeah, Colorado is in a very unique spot. Um, we have a huge tech scene here. We have amazing colleges. We've got high schools that actually support esports. It's actually a letter sport now in the state of Colorado, which makes it one of only a few states where you can letter in esports. Mm-hmm. And it really gives additional opportunities to build out that pipeline of players heading eventually to the pros. But there's other communities there that are very, very rich in their history and have been around a long time. The FGC community over at Akihabara is amazing. Mm -hmm. The communities that I mentioned already, all of them kind of smash, melee, you know, every single one of them, they have a huge amount of passion for what they're doing. And I really think that we're ready for a jump. And I think that with a lot of the people who I've been talking to, and a lot of the big decision makers in the state behind it, it's something that's coming down the pipe a lot quicker than people kind of give it credit for. It would not surprise me in the next year or two to see a major happen out of the Denver Convention Center or something as big as, you know, a dream hack kind of run through Denver. Mm-hmm. We are getting there. We've got the tech basis. We've got the support both at the government as well as organizational levels. And we've got the PCs already in town. And even some of the places where they're hosting majors, they don't have that covered. So Denver is uh, Denver's getting close, folks. And I highly encourage the people who are interested in running something, run it. Because mm-hmm. when these things start popping up, when these things start going, they're going to need people who know how to run that event that you may love running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I know that uh, it just became part of their curriculum, right? It's their, they they've all the high schools in Colorado have added esports to their what is it after school curriculum or, or what would you say we're not at all of them yet we're at about 70 to 80 percent of the schools have it as a available one mm-hmm. um but that number grows every year and yeah. uh there's schools that you know in the first year didn't really exist as a program but then the next year made the jump and made the chassis finals both live finals, may I add. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at it, they're getting there. But as I said, it's a very new thing to them. It only officially got put in as a letter sport a full year ago now. So it's it's pretty new to them. But I guarantee it pretty well that the schools are all going to be on board here in the next couple of years because the results that come out of it are amazing. Yeah, I agree. So with you being... I would say in Colorado hosting the most prestigious tournaments or events that we have in the esports industry. How does it look on a national scale as far as recognition for whether it be sponsors, um, you know, organizations? How how does it compare to some of the other c- cities? So we're a little overlooked. 
is the way that I feel. Um, mm. And I don't think that it's for any specific missing piece. Mm-hmm. Generally, they're focusing on larger metropolitan areas with huge already built out esports infrastructure through the teams and content creators that are there. Now, we've had those content creation platforms, that, you know, and people come out of Colorado, and it's definitely one that will continue to produce. Um, but at the same time, we haven't really had the organizations as a whole become large enough where there's large buy-in from the sponsor side. And that's no fault to the organizations. It's always half of one does the other. And right now, to be honest, the sponsor landscape is not great. Overall, in esports, generally you talk between 66 and 70% of all income revenue right now for, e- for the esports industry is literally coming from sponsorships. When the economy lags, sags behind, inflation goes up, we saw all those layoffs at the start of the year. I mean, huge tech layoffs, which of course means they're not going to have the marketing budget. They're not going to have that same sponsorship budget. The groups that are able to function both smaller and then scale up to bigger as things, you know, come back around, as they always do, they're going to really benefit actually from this as a lot of the companies that were poorly structured or a lot of the companies that just didn't quite have their footing completely under them leave the market and create space for the companies who are ready to go. That's a good, it's a good take on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel awful for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Huge shout out this week, especially to all those people who kind of, you know, got the bad news just this past week from Belong. Um, I mean, they were great in the industry, an awesome competitor. We love competition. We love having, you know, a bar to kind of keep pushing towards and they were a great partner in that and i really cannot do anything except wish all of them the best and hopefully they land on their feet hopefully this little little blip in the esports ecosystem right now ends quickly and we can get those people back into centers back into jobs back into business development positions and marketing positions as soon as possible because a lot of these people are going to have talents and experience that we need in this industry right now yeah, definitely. So you have you brought some statistic. I don't know if this is a good time to go into that, but you did bring some data that you wanted to share with everyone, I think, right? So one of the big things that I talk about, and I had a panel on that this past weekend over at Fan Expo, is kind of the positive outcomes that we get for esports in an educational setting. Mm-hmm. And those words, even back when I was growing up, were a bit of a taboo. Because a lot of people looked at it as just kids playing games in their basement. But let's just, you know, take a quick look at a couple of the numbers here. 90% of students aged 13 to 18 game one hour per week. So you cannot deny the extreme amount of interest that there is there. Mm-hmm. While at the same time, 52% of Americans, period, from 18 to 34, played a sport at any time in the last year. Which means really when we're focused as a society on sports, exercise, fitness, things along that, you know, that train of thought exclusively, not while diversifying on it, you're only hitting about half the people. And that's Mm -hmm. not 
doing it. You're not servicing everyone at that point. You're spending billions and billions of dollars on propping up those ecosystems. But there's very little funneling in to something that 90% of kids, the future, enjoy. Only 58% of students in high school even played a sport last year with, you know, seniors being below 50%. So, I mean, we're losing these kids throughout the process by not supporting this. And a lot of people are probably thinking right now as they're watching this, yeah, but we're creating couch potatoes. Why would I want my kid in front of a screen more? Well, the stats show that that's not the case either. Video game players are almost as likely as non-players to participate in fitness or sporting activities, 34 to 37% as far as the ratio goes. And they're actually more likely to participate in outdoor recreation, like we've got great parks and great hiking out here in Colorado. They're more likely to utilize those 24% to 23%. Mm -hmm. So I mean, you can make the argument that we're serving a group of people who should be served who aren't being really detrimentally affected by it one way or the next. And that really shows up in some of the numbers as far as Americans viewpoint on it, which is 97% of Americans view video games as beneficial in some way, including 91% of parents finding benefits for their kids because it gives them greater problem solving skills. So, you know, I've got to look at those numbers and kind of sit and think that this might be good for kids. And the number train keeps rolling here. Mm-hmm. 83% of students in a high school esports club never belong to another organization or team at their school. Of those students, they see a 10% increase in attendance and better than a full grade level increase to their GPA. Wow. Those numbers are beyond phenomenal. We're serving a group of kids who otherwise wouldn't really have that same set of social interactions. And we're teaching them at the right time what it takes to get to the pro level. We're teaching them, hey, exercise is involved. Healthy eating is involved. Proper playtime is involved. Strategies and doing things away from the computer with your team, going through the different setups, different plays, that's just work with, you know, any group setting. I don't care whether that's in the business world. I don't care whether that's in, you know, the research and development world. You're always going to have to be able to break things down with other people. And this is teaching them that at high school. Something I wish, gosh, I wish I could have learned. And then oh, yeah. the bigger thing is where this industry is going. Mm-hmm. The average age of a traditional sports fan is 50 now. 50 years old is the average age. 40% of Americans are <laughs> NFL football fans. And that's the highest. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that by itself kind of signals that something's changing with it. And that's because the average age of esports fans in the United States at the moment is 25. And it's the only professional sport. If you want to call it a professional game, I'll allow it. Um, that actually has a compa- compounding annual growth rate that's in the positives, about 9% a year. And last year, the League of Legends Championships had more viewership 
than the NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup Finals, and the World Series Finals combined, which means we're not looking at small numbers of people who are coming out to view it here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know it's a long rant, but you really can't fight when the stats are all kind of coming back gold in that area. Yeah. Yeah, it's just showing that we're at a transitional period, I feel like, where esports had a peak a few years ago on the, on the, I guess you would say on the downturn. And now I feel like hopefully we're going to start hitting a new upward swing with, I don't know, con- I mean, with the new, with new social media is coming out with content creation. I think we're on the upswing of the new gaming esports, um, I don't know, wave. <laughs> I think it really gave a chance this pullback in the industry over the last couple of years for us to reassess mm-hmm. and really look at what a sustainable ecosystem looks like as well as a sustainable infrastructure. And those are two things that when you're propped up by sponsorship spending, you're not going to really see those with hundred percent clarity until it goes away. And now a lot of the groups are seeing it go away and we're finding that content creation, podcasting, Twitter, Twitch, Kick, you name it, all of them have their space inside of this new demographic, and they can be good ways for teams to monetize the content that they're creating through the matches and the high-level competition that they're playing. And in the end, I think that that can only be good because we've begun to find what sustainability looks like inside. Mm-hmm. So from your viewpoint, then, do you see, because you're working ground zero you're there actually meeting the new people that are trying, people like us, trying to grow as grassroots, you know, trying to use the grassroots approach and grow a community and bring people together with esports. Do you feel like that's starting to build up a little bit more, or how has it been at, at localhost? So it always is interesting, mm-hmm. is what I'll say. It's never linear with that. Groups build at different paces. Games gain followership at different paces. People as a whole gravitate towards other people at a different rate, one way or the next. Do I think that Denver, we have the same kind of community build out as they do in Fullerton? No, I look at our store stats over there, they can run Valorant in a heartbeat. Here, we've tried to run it twice with no luck so far, but on the flip side, we get 50 every single week for Elite Smash Fridays. We get 40 people out for Melee on Mondays. They're not even close to those numbers over, you know, over in Fullerton. Then you go for FGC. Gosh, they are killing it at some of our stores with that, specifically out in Philly. I mean, Go For Broke is doing amazing work out there. There's just a lot of different pacing to it. And just because we don't have that Valorant crowd here right now doesn't mean that we won't have one in six months. As soon as Counter-Strike 2 launches, we've got a lot of people who have been coming in, playing and practicing, but haven't been coming out for CSGO Sundays. And that's fine. When those tournaments drop, they'll be good to go. So it's all about just the different pace to how each community wants to build out. And to your credit, when you came in, you were very, very direct and very on top of it. And you knew exactly kind of what it looks like. You knew it would take some effort, some organization. You knew that there would be bumps. You knew that there would be bruises. And some of those first events did not run as well as you or I probably would have liked to. But at the same time, without those, 
we wouldn't be where we are now either. So exactly. <laughs> groups groups need their time to mature. And so, when uh, they do, it's always beautiful when we are able to get them into our venue. Yeah. So it's a timing thing. You eventually think the communities are here in Colorado. It's just because I find Colorado such a hard market, at least when you hear about what's going on in the other cities. And I don't know if it's the the communities here are not as as excited or they're just not heard or if the timing is just off like we just haven't popped off yet it feels like we just haven't popped off yet and no discredit to any of these places i mentioned but the fact that we were losing and gaining a new land center every two to three years or they were moving or they were changing locales or they were having to change venue as groups and we were doing that cycle very, very regularly until about five years, five and a half years now ago when Localhost came in. And we've had the longest run so far of a lot of these centers. And I mean, Clutch was such a fun place. Energy Arena, pretty darn cool. There's been a couple of others. Esports Arena down in the Springs, closed right now for renovations. They're probably going to do some really cool stuff when they come back. And South Suburban's awesome. I love yeah. our guys over there. I mean, technically not my guys. I mean, they're <laughs> hired and, you know, employees of the city, but it's all yeah. about building, you know, the communities out wherever you want to build them. So overall, it feels like we're laying a really good framework. Mm -hmm. And now that there's stability to it, I think those communities are going to thrive in that stability, like we've already seen with, a lot of the events from our melee community, which just had an Arcadian this week over at South Suburban with 96 entrants. Wow. So they weren't getting those numbers before there's stability. Now that there so, is, they are. Yeah. So is that the biggest community in Colorado, in your opinion, is the, is the Smash community? If you include all the different Smash games, I would lean into that one. I would say that they are the largest built set of communities. They have most events. They have the most um, average attendance. They have the most average just overall frequency of events. Smash Ultimate right now in Colorado has six events, six days of events per week. There's only one day that there's not a Smash tournament if people really want to go to it. That's insane. Yeah. That's, that's crazy numbers. So are they the most? consistently built at the moment probably mm -hmm. but there's also huge pop-offs going in the fgc scene with street fighter 6 coming out mm -hmm. 160 plus people over at akihabara for that release i heard about that it. yeah it was apparently crazy absolutely love it and then there's other games coming along too league of legends year ago with the u.s navy we held the largest league of legends amateur event in north america period for that entire year, wow. 20 teams. There's people who are playing it there. It's just a question of kind of organizing them, finding someone to champion it for all the players of that game. Mm -hmm. And once that person kind of is willing to put in the time, effort, and has the ability to pull them together, any of these communities can pop off. So Joseph just asked, what about Immortal Kombat tournament? New one's about to be released soon. What are your thoughts on that? Still have to look into the event guidelines on it. Mortal Kombat's always been one that has had some good releases with it 
and some that you really have to pass through a lot of hoops on the event side just to get it to run. I think it'll be a very solid community. They haven't seen a release for a while. There's still players playing very, very regularly. And I do mean that. I mean, there's still decent turnout over at Aki for it. Um, now, do I think we're going to be like week one with that? It fits Aki a little better. Kind of their metric, kind of their people. If there's people who want a tournament over here for it, I'm happy to hold one. Mm-hmm. You know, just let me know. We'll figure it out. We'll get it set. We'll organize it. I'll help market it. You guys run it. We'll have a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, maybe we'll do a Mortal Kombat one, Joseph. <laughs> but yeah, it is, I would say, as you know, I, I'm, you, you're also a tournament host, right? Like you've done plenty of tournament hosting for other organizations within local host, right? Indeed. I've, um, I'm the official TO of the last four Chassa tournaments. So all of the high school finals ever since it became an eSport have fallen under me as TO. Mm-hmm. Um, Play VS, of course, overseeing it, their rule set, but it's me who's running it day of. Mm-hmm. I have run, I mean, the League of Legends tournament. That was one that I was running in conjunction with the U.S. Navy. Um, I wasn't running the bracket for the North American finals for Wild Rift, but I was part of the team taking care of it. I was head of the facility, so I had to be involved. I had to move pro players. There's a lot of um, pros and cons to that, is all I'll say. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I would say on average, last year we hosted 200 events. Mm-hmm. Out of localist Denver, I have probably TO'd in my time with local host about 100 to 150 events over the last two years. Currently, would be my guess. Some of them with as few as four teams, some of them with mm-hmm. as many as I think I hosted one ESF where it was 85 people. Oh, and I've hosted wow. two quarterly finals for Smash for the state PR finals as well. And both mm-hmm. those also fell under me. So, I've hosted the quarterly finals for that community too. Wow. So you being in the industry, so, I mean, in, in so deep with a lot of connections, have you met some pretty cool people in the, in the esports industry? I have met some, uh, some really cool people out of it. I've met governor Polis. That that's, that's right. That's a pretty cool one. I've met about 20 state district representatives as I was talking to them about getting the colleges on board in their districts for a statewide league. So, Um, well, I guess um, Jared Polis is pretty big into the esports community, right? He is a League of Legends player. He plays mid and jungle. Um, Not sure what passed that, but (laughs) uh, he definitely is, is one of those kind of, complete nerds on the back end that you don't necessarily expect but you yeah. kind of expect <laughs> hopefully he can help get get some stuff coming to colorado too oh yeah oh yeah they're working on it denver sports commission's working on it they've got a they've got literally three committee members who are dedicated specifically to trying to pull stuff here wow so you said you also met denver uh 20 denver officials you said state officials so far so far, okay. I'm actually working on a couple of new ones as some of them were reelected in this last election. Some were not. And just 
kind of talking about what it looks like, what their support would mean, you know, can we get something going at the government level where maybe there's a esports committee, you know, esports panel for the state so that we can get some state funding running towards it. Um, because it's a lot of hoops to jump through to get there. You need a sponsor for it who's already part of the legislative branch. You need to get all of that kind of squared away even before you put that proposal before, which again, this is all stuff I'm learning on the fly, just like everyone else. I just mm -hmm. want it to happen. So I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, the district representatives have been pretty darn cool overall. You can tell the old boys mentality runs very, very deep there with it not being physical activities. So you just come prepared with the stats, but you give them the stats and actually it changes pretty quickly. And it becomes a, huh, maybe that is something that we need to take a look at. Because both from the, you know, both sides of the fence here, neither side really is opposed to it. You know, when 97% of people see a benefit coming from esports, that includes those legislators too. Yeah. So have you met any, like, I don't know, quote unquote celebrities or influencers in the esports industry or any big players? So I've, I've met a couple, a lot towards the start of when I was with esports um, mm -hmm. here in Colorado. We've had CLG Red Out, which is the number one female at the time CSGO team in the world. Mm -hmm. wow. They played in the first Fragadelphia that we threw here at Denver post pandemic. We held them pre pandemic too, but I always have to put yeah. that moniker in um we had clg blue out for that we had a lot and i do mean a lot of people come out and pop through from red bull mm. including tfeng including a couple of other people who i'm not really allowed to say that they came through but they came through we had cool gamer dad who actually I knew before he kind of hit it big on Twitter and stuff like that here in Denver. Um, so I met I'll quite get to a Trump people. shorts in a second, but keep going, Kevin. No, no. That, that's oh, so, so Trump esports says, does he, do you agree that esports is not a real sport? I do not, but I also don't think that it matters mm -hmm. whether it is or is not a real sport. It has a direct cultural impact. It has a direct um, psychological impact. It helps a ton of people. Just look at what Regiment's doing um, with their esports. It's amazing what they're doing for veterans, PTSD, getting groups together. It's amazing for pro athletes. Jokic, when he won his first MVP, was actually in a Call of Duty match. Um, it's been proven that it helps them with depression because it keeps them competitive when they're rehabbing from injury. It's not... Uh, to me, I really don't care whether it falls under a sport or not. I think it's a sport. If darts is a sport, if archery is a sport, if any of those that really, you know, require limited physical, I won't say no physical, because I know archery takes some strength. My forearms have felt it before. Um, but I would also say that there's a physical aspect to playing professional esports. And that has been shown one of the most notable studies was Harvard put um, oxygen monitors and wristwatch monitors on players during VCT Reykjavik out in Iceland. And 
during one of the matches in the semifinals, their heart rates on average were about the same as that of a triathlete in their second event. So the amount of stuff that the physical plays into the mental with it kind of is like the same flip side of how much the mental plays into the physical in more physical sports. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a question of, does it really matter if it falls under one or the other? Because it does matter. Yeah, I would say it's a sport. I mean, the basics of you have, whether it's a personal or a team, there's competitive play, and there's a winner and there's a loser. Oh, yeah. That's pretty simple, you know. <laughs> and I think people, they they get too in detail of whether it's physical or not, you know, because chess is a sport. Check, you know, I, I and, and that's a, no physical activity. Yeah, and I honestly, I'm just in the area of I've heard enough of the arguments from both sides, and I'm like, why does it have to be one or the other? Mm-hmm. Well, why does it even matter which way you want to classify it? Yeah. So I guess moving on. So you have a, you've had a lot of events at Localhost and partnered with different brands. So I guess for everyone listening that's in Colorado too, what do you have coming up? I guess, are there any big events that you're excited for? So I think the biggest one that I'm kind of excited for coming up is July 25th uh, down at the X Denver, um, which is just about two blocks from the stadium. We're putting on a Mario Kart tournament with them. They uh, they have been very gracious to host up in their 12th floor bar up there, which has stunningly great views. And Beautiful. it's a really, really comfy vibe, good food, good, good bar drinks. Yeah. Um, just overall, a really chill place. That one's coming up. Registration page is up on nerdstreet.com. That's where all my registration pages live. I know. Shameless plug <laughs> is what I got. Um, well, we need to let the people know. I, I think it's hard for the people in Colorado to find where or to where to look they don't know where to look for to find these events you know right then we've got a league of legends 2v2 tournament coming up august 5th um it's kind of our return to league of legends we stepped back for a while because the person who was running the community moved to arizona sadly Mm. i miss him dearly and then coming up just the week after that we got our uh fools run two so we're bringing back the rocket league again um Oklahoma Denver, if everyone did not know this, pre-COVID had some amazingly good Rocket League players. Colorado, at high school level, has some players who are already playing at pro level. Um, And on top of the high school players, we have two players who were over in Japan um, literally playing (laughs) on the RLCS side. So we have created a lot of really good Rocket League players out of Denver. Yeah. So, okay, that's exciting because the first, I thought the first Fool's Run was a great, everyone loved it. The stream was great. Um, so everyone's actually been having people ask about it since <laughs> that first one. And, you know, with game, with the, the game and school schedules and stuff, it's just, you have to find the right time to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you know the school teams are going to want to play because it is one of the esports played at the high school level, um, and it is a fall esport too. So we expect a very, very good, good turnout from those moving forward because it's a great one to jumpstart their training. But we also saw some really good turnout from, as I said, the players who are a little closer to the pro side of it as well. So it's a great mm-hmm. measuring stick event. Yeah. Um, so, and, and everyone can find all this stuff at, at uh, Nerd Street, right? 
Nerdstreet.com, yes indeed. And they're the parent owners of Locos, right? Or we are sister companies. Okay. Um, neither one is technically above the other in any way, shape, or form. Localhost simply refers to the infrastructure and in-person venues that we manage and operate, whereas Nerd Street is the overall heading for our production, our event services, our mobile deployment unit for PCs, which we rent out. Um, any of that kind of runs through the business and Nerd Street side. Gotcha. Okay. Um, did you have any other questions or anything well before i move on <laughs> or anything you want to input <laughs> any no. plugins or anything all good all good um okay well the i guess the next thing would be what what is missing or what do you want to see come to happen in colorado with the esports like your kind of your final thoughts on the on the what's missing you know i'd like to see more local sponsors supporting local tournaments Mm -hmm. that's what i would really like to see colorado we've got a great thing going here it's a great state we've got our problems but every state does and we've got a lot of great businesses that have been built out here we've got a lot of really cool tech businesses that have been built out here mm -hmm. and supporting the tournaments that eventually give them the employees through the schools with the technical training that they need to be able to execute the job it's good for everyone who's involved and it's their target market anyway. The majority of people who literally are involved in esports are in the 18 to 34 range. These are your employees, folks. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, anyone like, you know, I think we need more organizations in Colorado. I don't think we have nothing. I don't, I don't, not nothing, but I don't think there's anything, at least on my end, I'm sure you have a better view from where you're at, but I don't think there's too many organizations that stick out in Colorado. Correct me if I'm wrong. I would say that that's fairly true. Mm -hmm. I would not necessarily say that it's completely true. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of love for the local host brand. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of love for South Suburban. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of love down in the Springs for Esports Arena. And Contenders is pulling some good numbers up north of here. HSEL, which is the High School Esports League, has a very strong presence here. Very, very strong. Um, so there's a bunch of organizations that are very decently rooted in Colorado, but they mm -hmm. don't focus as much on Colorado mm -hmm. to a degree. And that is, I think, because the level of support that's reciprocal has not been equal so far, but I don't expect that to last. People are starting to realize what's going on and the overall, I mean, the overall trends show that it's going to happen at some point. It, even if we were to do absolutely very minimal, it's coming down the pipe. Yeah. Well, we're excited to see what's going to happen in Colorado. I think it's a nice, a nice central spot in the nation. I think it's got a lot of stuff that's going to be coming up and I think we're just waiting for the pop off. <laughs> that's really what it is. I feel yeah. so strongly that the pop-off is not far away here. Yeah. Literally, we're not talking 10 years down the road. It could happen Maybe in this year. <laughs> or in this year, yeah. <laughs> it literally could, and it would not surprise me. Yeah. Well, for everyone listening, you're the go-to guy, I feel like, if you wanted to start a tournament or host anything or host any, I guess, what, nerd kind of 
gaming anime event? Because you guys host other events other than just gaming stuff, right? Or is it strictly gaming? So mostly what we've done is gaming so far, but I've got an 18,000 square foot venue. Yeah. Um, you guys want to do something cosplay related? You want to do an anime event? You want to come down and play some D&D? We've had D&D groups use our ultimate gaming tables for entire campaigns pretty regularly too. We're open to all of it. We're here to help out any community, period. One of the coolest communities that I think kind of gets overlooked in all of this, the keyboard club. These guys mm. build custom keyboards with custom keycaps that are so dang cool. And they meet up at our space once a month just to kind of show off what they've got. Wow. And that's really, really darn cool. They never hop on PCs. They're not over there gaming. They're not using the stage. But it's a great place for them to meet up because it kind of feels like home to them. So I wish I, I honestly just wish that there were a hundred groups yeah. who viewed it that way from every touch point of nerd culture, mm -hmm. just so that we could have you know even more fun. So then, when um, and also people, so let's say you host an event there, right? There's an entry fee to get into local host, correct? And that entry fee allows you to also not only you be there for the event but to use the pcs right or no it it depends on the event we okay. customize things to exactly what kind of spacing people need exactly what kind of event they're planning on running if some anime group wanted to get together and do you know like how you have a fan expo the vendor alley and they just wanted to do that in there one weekend and invite all their fans and stuff like that to buy their stuff that's cool too we can do any of this Literally outside of there is nothing outside of the scope of what we probably can execute. We've even had a couple rock bands want to put on concerts there, and the only thing that has stopped us literally has been capacity for. Mm -hmm. So the truth is, we can kind of do whatever <laughs> you guys want us to. Yeah, so everyone listening, he's he's the guy to talk to if you have an event that you want to put together. <laughs> kinda. <laughs> yeah <laughs> at least bring to the table right because that's what i did i reached out to you i said hey do you have any madden tournaments you said no you want to put one together i said let's do it <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how melee started it's the same way p plus started literally yeah. someone reaches out to me and says hey do you want to run a tournament okay cool yeah. let's run it let's have fun whatever <laughs> well i guess to wrap things up I like to kind of add, you know, get a get a feel or get the listeners to get a feel for you. What's a what's your favorite? I would say top game, but since we're gamers, what's your top three games of all times? Of all time? Yeah. Ooh, this just got cutthroat. <laughs> I could have done one. What's your top one favorite? But I know everyone has at least more than one. So Counter Strike has a special place in my heart. Yeah. That one's not going anywhere. That's a good one. Now, that one's definitely top three. I, I'm not sure if I can give it number one, though. I've mm. been a huge fan of a series of two games called Planetside. I've been a fan okay. of those since the release of the first one. Literally at this point, and this is going to make me feel old. I played for, <laughs> I, I literally have played it for almost uh, 19 years now. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Terrible. But, Don't worry, uh, we're all old here. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of where we're at with it and then probably my other one is um you know path of exile who holds a special place in my heart mm. those devs 
who came from yeah. Diablo 2 got kicked out of Blizzard because they weren't ever going to put another Diablo game on. Yes, that's why we're on 4. Um, they went off, formed their own studio, and that became Path of Exile. And that's, I think, really, really cool. Um, the game flows well. It feels like a spiritual successor to that original Diablo 2. Mm -hmm. So it's up there as well. Um, those are the three games that really... They definitely hold kind of that high ranking in my heart. Mm -hmm. But if we're going to go real old school, the first one that got me into shooters, the first one that got me into um, competitive esports, mm -hmm. I have to give this flat nod to anyone who remembers it, Command and Conquer Renegade, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, wow. Special <laughs> place in my heart. Haven't heard those words in a long time. Nope. <laughs> I guarantee you 90% of the people are like, let me wiki that. Uh, yeah, I didn't know Command Conquer had a shooter. <laughs> it's old. Yeah. Well, Kevin, I'm sure we will have you back on here. Um, there's tons to talk about, especially in Colorado, especially with where you're at. You're kind of, in my opinion, the the hive mind of all of esports network. <laughs> you kind of know everywhere, and you got your hands in everything. Um, but yeah, thank you for being on. I appreciate you taking the time out. Um, and any other final thoughts you had? Guys, I just want to throw it out there again. We're here for communities. We're not this big, scary group over here at Localhost. You guys want to do something? Let's chat. We'll figure it out. Come on down. I want to be home for you guys, too. Yeah, and like again, check out Localhost and Nerd Stuff events. They're awesome. The, the stuff that they do is so much fun. Um, that X-Denver that's coming up is going to be sweet. That one I'm excited for. <laughs> It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, Kevin, um, thank you for your time. Uh, we will get you back on here as soon as we can. <laughs> no worries, man. Thank you so much again for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And by the way, just don't click off.